Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 40. And tonight we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale, episode 89, Who's a Good Boy? <laughs> We've already listened to it, of course, and so fair warning, we're going to spoil the hell out of it. But yeah, this is their year-end uh, episode part one, and um, yeah, they're they're really setting us up for something dramatic in the next episode. I know a lot of times uh, Welcome to Night Vale has been described as a little Lovecraftian. This episode was really Lovecraftian. I mean, the, yeah, the imagery yeah. about people being taken over by the who in the who's a good boy, that was... That was pretty terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it was. And we've already heard that the strangers, what they're in pain all the time, right? That they it's are. actually they're, very painful. Because it's, yeah. it's people that have been taken over, and uh, that's basically what's left of them. So the radio station isn't available, as Cecil says, like many places in Night Vale aren't available, which means, you know, down for maintenance, wiped off the map, whatever. <laughs> but he's walking around town because he says he wants to witness what's going on, even if, you know, he's a reporter, and he decided not to stay with Carlos in the lab, but he did send Steve and his sister and his niece Janice over there to keep them safe. And you can tell how freaked out that Cecil has gotten about all of this because Cecil actually said something nice about Steve Carlsberg. He says he knows that Steve really loves his sister and maybe he should allow himself to see the depth of feeling that Steve has for his sister. And then Steve tried to hug him and Cecil had to back off and just slam the door in his face. So, yeah, it's just, it's still Cecil we're talking about here. Then everything, oh, yeah, yeah. not everything has changed. Yeah. And he made that mention that the destruction in town is actually worse than Valentine's Day 2013 when most of the buildings were reduced to rubble and candy hearts. So, yeah, it's bad out there. Uh, and... Most of the buildings are trashed, except Dark Owl Records. Dark Owl Records yeah. is still standing. The windows aren't smashed. They still have power. And former intern Maureen and Michelle Nguyen of Dark Owl Records are standing outside of Dark Owl Records, leaning against the building, smoking candy cigarettes like nothing's going wrong. I mean, you yeah. have to keep relighting candy cigarettes, obviously, because they don't really, <laughs> they're not really made to burn, you know. But. Right. And Cecil asks Michelle why her building's still standing. And I'm sitting here going, well, obviously, it's because Maureen is leading the secret army. And so she's making sure that it's okay. But I was really surprised to hear Maureen's quit the internship. She found out that it wasn't what it seemed, and uh, she had a lot of problems with it. And she said it was really similar to another situation she was in. But she told Cecil, like, you, you weren't that bad. You were just clueless. And Cecil's just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and she's like, what? Never mind. But she said it wasn't... She wasn't like her boss wasn't what she thought he was. And I thought she was talking about Chad, but no... Chad is freaking out, and he's actually trying to see if he can do something to reverse the spell that he cast. So she's when she's talking about her boss, she's not talking about Chad. Oh, no. It's the who, and the who's a good boy some more. Yeah. But, but yeah. it sounds like we've got a team up between Michelle and Maureen, and I think that's just yeah. awesome, because they have yeah. very nicely meshing personalities. Although, you know, Cecil says, it's so great to see you guys have become such good friends. And Michelle's like... We don't want to really put a label on it. Yeah. So that's friendship. I don't know. Is there, they're not like, are they dating? I don't 
don't think they're dating. It sure I think seems they really like are just gonna... bonded a lot, but they don't want to have it labeled. And I think I can admire that. It seems sometimes like we're getting a lot of labels nowadays. It seems like yeah. whoever you are or whatever your preferences are or whatever your preferences are towards relationships or not relationships or whatever, there's a name for it. There's a label. And, you know, they, they're yeah, just yeah. not going to be labeled. So good for them. Yeah, totally. We got the community calendar and all events are canceled. In fact, this week is canceled. In fact, you might be canceled. That's the community calendar. <laughs> a Cecil gave a quick call to Carlos. Carlos is really frustrated. Science isn't working at this point. No. It's uh, not saving the day. It's could be a situation where science can't solve anything. And Carlos says science can solve everything. And it's always worked for the best. And it's, it's never failed before. So uh, he's uh, a little frustrated at this point. Yeah. And then we got a message from our sponsors. And basically, you are probably going to die. This message has been brought to you by Clorox Bleach. Appropriate. Yes. Very now, much. what was the name of the person who owned the house that Cecil went up to next. Francis Donaldson and Francis, that's a, a woman. Francis can be a girl's name or a boy's name in some cases, but this is Francis Donaldson, who's a woman. She runs the antique mall. And we didn't have any mention of antiques out and needing to be fed. We just had him walking up to her pretty much destroyed house. He said, though, I did like this the mailbox had been killed and skinned. <laughs> So he goes inside and there's a stranger in the middle of Francis's house. And this is where the creepy really, really ramped up. Because things start talking, like a yeah. glass of water on the table starts talking yeah. and the lamp starts talking. And at one point, Cecil's shoes start talking. Oh, and you hear, mostly you hear from the stranger who's actually talking to him. And he asks the stranger, what do they want? And the stranger says... We want nothing, which we've heard before, but we were interpreting it wrong. It means they want nothing. They want everything to be nothing. They, they want, want no things whatsoever. And at one point, yeah. Cecil asks, why? And the stranger responds, why is a thing? We want no yeah. thing. Yeah. And then for a little while, he actually hears from Francis. And Francis talks about being taken to this cavern where there's mud and sometimes the mud is just a dampness under your feet and sometimes it goes under your head and years go by and that just whoa, oh, I always hate that. Yeah, that's that, that's the Lovecraft thing. She's talking about being in the dark, in the mud for years, endless time and you think there there may be other people near you but you can't shout out and you never find anyone and Cecil wants to know, "When did you come back from the mud?" and she starts saying over and over again, "I'm still in the mud. I'm still in the mud." And I'm just Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! And he he runs, of course, and runs into I forget his name. He's was playing an organ out in the street, and he had his hat out. And you know, there's buildings destroyed everywhere, but here's this guy playing on this little pipe organ and everything. And you know, he asks Cecil for some change, and Cecil's like, "No, I can't." What uh, the the guy says, say. Weather. <laughs> and Cecil's actually fighting it. He doesn't know why he's been asking, but he finally says, weather? And then we go to the weather, of course. Yeah, of course, of course, absolutely. It was Plunder by Felice Brothers. I don't know, it sounded like rockabilly in a way, a I bit, guess. Yeah, it did sound like something that would be played in a country bar or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very 
cheerful, which was even weirder considering what came before and what came after. But when we come back from the weather, Cecil runs into, it's the two characters from the episode, A Story About Them, the man who is not tall and the man who is not short. Um, They're not helpful. No, no, not at all, which is not surprising. He asked them what happened and one of them says, don't talk to him, he's new. And um, they said, that's not the question. The question is, who is a good boy? <laughs> so freaky. But I think the the man who is not short at one point asks Cecil, do you have a pen? And Cecil's like, oh yeah, sure. And he hands him a pen. The guy's like, thank you. And he throws it in the car and slams the door and they get in the car and go away. Which sounds about right. Ah, <laughs> uh, so Cecil sees the deputy mayor running out of City Hall. And this is after he's pretty much been able to determine city council is gone. Uh, Station management is also gone. They've probably both or all, however you want to refer to (laughs) for these entities, uh, they've all gone on their fortuitous vacation. What city council manages to do every time there's a great big disaster in Night Vale. Only this time it's a little bit more fortuitous because there would actually be some danger for them if they were here. But the deputy mayor comes running out and he thinks he's hearing her breathing but it's not because he gets close yeah. to city hall and it's a beagle puppy that's breathing yeah. really, really loudly. Yeah. And he sees it and he says, it's adorable, but there's something off. And then slowly the beagle puppy gets up on its hind legs and its spine lengthens and it's kind of like looking straight at him. And, and we had already heard from Francis who said that the beagle puppy is what is doing this because it's yeah. so cute you would do anything for it, and it will make you do anything. Yeah, yeah. And oh, no, wait a minute. That wasn't re- Francis who said that. It was, um, uh, shoot, what was Lucia, the- Lucia. Yep, it was uh, Lucia the, the, who said the ghost that. in the, right, the ghost coach of the haunted baseball diamond. And then this last bit, we're not even going to try and replicate it because it just gets so creepy. It, we, we wouldn't do it justice, but Cecil does kind of say these words against his will and what comes out of his mouth is who is a good boy and the beagle answers him (laughs) and the beagle is in charge of the dark cavern and did it say from hell basically it it did say it said you know i rule over the wet caverns of hell but of course in a much more creepier way that i'm doing like i said if i were to try and imitate it it would just come off sounding goofy but listen to the episode it was really really creepy so we finished up with the episode and we had all the you know last announcements and the proverb and anything and then we waited and the music stopped and then we heard this breathing growl and then it cut off <laughs> <laughs> you always know when the music stops and you've still got about 10 seconds left. Yeah, you wait. Yeah, there's more. Normally we say we listen to the entire episode all the way to the end, so you don't have to. But this time, yeah, you need to listen all the way to the end on that one. Yeah, it was creepy. It was absolutely creepy. It was a very, yeah, definitely Lovecraftian is right, man. Just very, very spooky. Wow. So, but after that, we listened to a two-minute teaser preview of... The creators of Welcome to Night Vale are doing another podcast. 
God, do they ever sleep? I swear to God, they don't sleep. So they really are trying to do all the podcasts now, but it is uh, a serial podcast called Within the Wires. And I hadn't heard anything about this at all. Now, Alice Isn't Dead is written by Joseph Fink, Mm -hmm. and Within the Wires is written by Jeffrey Craner. And one of the differences, though, is I don't believe the music is being done by Disparition. I think it's actually... Yeah, the the credits said that it was Mary Epworth, and you may remember her from... She did the weather on the episode Faceless Old Woman, and the weather on that one was called Long Gone. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Disparition will be taking over. Maybe that was just a credit for this little teaser, but there's no mention in there that Disparition will be producing it the way they do Alice Isn't Dead. So a little something different, but... Yeah, I actually, I really liked it. It's kind of in the form of a meditation tape, but it's got just really weird references, you know, to say, you know, the tapes are approved by the Institute and you need to find a place to listen to this away from your unit mates. So it sounds very much like a dystopian type of society going on. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, the tagline for all the tapes is listen, remember, comprehend. So it's a beautiful, the voice of the woman who's doing it, it's a lovely British accent. It's all very high production values, sounds very interesting. But of course, you know, we have like this two minute teaser and we get to the end of it and there's still a few seconds left and we hear the click of a tape being stopped at the very, very end. But it was not the sound of a Fidelipak cartridge like we heard on the episode Best Of. So that's... I would no. never have thought that I'd be able to tell the difference between a Fidelipak cartridge and a regular tape cassette, but that you know that's what you get for listening <laughs> to these podcasts. Oh yeah, there, it's a, a, a very strange area of knowledge we've got going on here right now. But yeah, I think I'm definitely in for this one so far. Though my God, we're already doing a podcast a week for a recap, so we're not going to really increase our recording schedule. So maybe we're just going to have to start combining recaps into episodes. We might, but how many more episodes do we have of? Alice isn't dead before we get to the end of the first chapter. Probably two, I think. If they think so, yeah. If it's staggered a little bit, you know, we might only have a couple of weeks where we've got three podcasts, and then we might get to the point where it's just two while Alice isn't dead takes a break. If the Alice Isn't Dead podcast does take a break. Who knows? They might jump right yeah. into chapter two. That's true. We I haven't heard anything about there being any kind of time off in between. So I don't I don't know. My God, these guys, they're just they're doing world tours and they're doing anniversary shows and they're doing three different podcasts now. So they're mm-hmm. taking over the podcast universe. I think so. But other than that, I watched another episode of Daredevil and uh, spoilers, I actually got to the episode where the Punisher is in prison and he runs into a familiar person. Oh my, we knew that wasn't going to take very long. I was surprised it took as long as it did, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, no, me too. So Wilson Fisk, back with uh, the Daredevil universe. Yeah, and he already tried to pull one over on the Punisher and it didn't work. Nope, and uh, yeah, I think... Yeah, I'm not even going to say anything because I don't want to spoil anything for you since you only just got to that. So how many more episodes do you have left in the second season? (sighs) How many? Are there 12 episodes a season or 13? 13? I can't. Okay, I'm on. I think I believe that's episode eight or nine. So that's where I am right now because I was working on projects and didn't want to have that on while I'm trying to like do other things and not look at the screen. So, of course, I'm rewatching Sense8. You know, it's a show that I've already watched before, but I've got plenty of other things I should be watching, but why not watch a show I've already watched before? That's how my brain works. But man, I'm enjoying Sense8 almost as much the second time around as I did the first. Oh, well, I finally finished the second season of Hannibal. 
And oh. all I can say about that is, ah, are you going to leave it there? <laughs> yeah, now Amazon yeah. really needs to get a move on with adding the third season to Prime because I know I could pay $1.99 an episode, but I don't want to because that defeats yeah. the purpose of having the Prime membership. Anyway. Yeah, I'm actually in the same boat right now because I did finally finish watching season six of True Blood. And yeah, it's bad. It's just really dreadful. So there's only one more season left and Prime doesn't have it up yet and it's been years since oh, that show right that so doesn't make me feel good at all no no and the thing is i refuse to pay to watch the final season because one a lot of people seem to have hated the season finale and two i hated season six enough i'm not going to spend money on it so i'm caught in a kind of hiatus world with true blood right now which is just oh, irritating see, you know that that doesn't make me feel very confident because I did find an article that talked about Prime membership and, you know, things going over, you know, seasons going over. And one thing they talked about was in an ongoing show, they have an incentive to switch something over to where you get it free for Prime when they are trying to drum up interest in the next season. When it's the last season, they apparently don't have any kind of incentive to do that. Uh, they just, no, no. Because they can either get people to pay the money or for the episodes, or they can buy them on Blu-ray. Yep, that's it. They're just like, you know, it's the final season. We're not going to give it to you for free, and we know you're going to watch it because you got this far. So you, even if it's a show that you hate, like True Blood has become for me, I still want to see the last season. I don't want to pay for it. I may have to pay for it. It sucks. Oh, well, yeah. well, I'm tiding myself over by a rewatching from the first episode. And, you know, I, I couldn't get into it, uh, Hannibal, when I first got started. It, the speaking patterns seemed so weird. People didn't really say their dialogue didn't really seem to match what they were thinking. I don't know. And then I watched the first season again. I must have gotten used to it because now it seems perfectly fine. So yeah, maybe that's something you have to kind is. of, you know, get into, get acclimated yeah. to. Yeah, I am slowly catching up with the fall. I was surprised. I thought it was just one season. I hadn't realized there's two seasons. I'm most of the way through it, but it's only like, it's, it's a British show. So there's only like five episodes per season because that's how they do it over there. Yeah. But I was really, really happy when I found out that in- bit of information that you had about American Gods. Yes, Jillian Anderson is going to be playing a character on the TV show adaptation for American Gods. And she is oh. going to be playing the character of Media, which is she is the god of media. She is, and I love the way they put it in the article, she is the, the smartphone screen that you look at or the TV screen that you watch while you're looking at your you know, you know, cell phone screen. So it's yeah, the, yeah. the all-encompassing media. So I think that's yeah. going to be, yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's the more I hear about this, I, it, we're, I don't think we're looking at a Lucifer type of situation where they took a Neil Gaiman creation and have kind of run it into the ground from all I've heard. Uh, I think they seem to be doing this one right. So keep your fingers crossed on that. And it's Brian Fuller who's directing, who does yeah. Hannibal. So it's probably going to be striking, I would say, yeah. you know, the yeah, show, definitely. at the very um, least. Looking forward to that. I, I'll watch any Neil Gaiman product at least once. Um, but I'm really, really wanting this to be a good one because I need to reread American Gods. It's been a long time. One of the things that I always remember about it was the scene where, you know, of course, it's the idea of the old gods from all these different mythologies and how they have or have not acclimated to the modern age. And I love the fact they go to a mortuary at one point. And who's in charge of the mortuary? But Egyptian gods of the dead, which just makes so much sense. I love that. I love that whole setting. Yeah. Oh, just great stuff. So I look forward to all of that. 
But I finally, ah, and it was awful. It took me forever just to get started on it. I finally edited the interview that we did with the cast and creators of Voltron at WonderCon. And the thing was, I had procrastinated working on it for so long because I had other things. And then I did that thing where you build it up into your head to be this bigger thing. I'm just like, oh, it's going to suck and it's going to take forever. And then I finally started working on it. And it really did suck as much as I thought it was going to. <laughs> oh, I don't I hate that. I'm not very fast with video editing. And I did like, I wanted to go back and forth between all the different interviews and put it into one thing and I had like 50 different cuts in there and it was so tedious. I'm really happy with how it turned out but yeah it, it sucked exactly as much as I thought it was going to but it's up so if you go to pixeladygeek.com and look for the Voltron interview they were just the nicest bunch of people they really and they were funny and having a good time it was neat. Yeah I, I liked the interview I watched that on Friday and I loved how enthusiastic they all were about the show and yeah. even though most of them are too young to have been around when the first yeah. Uh, show Voltron was out, but yeah, yeah, they they even made that. They they had said you know oh I haven't you know watched the show until about a month before I had people tell me about it I'm just like God because you weren't born yet when the show was on <laughs> God but they were all yeah they were very just a really cool bunch of people so check it out it's only it's not even 15 minutes long so I think I think you'll like it they were really fun so my only other news is that Nathan and I got ourselves a new cat this weekend Aww. because our other cat we have a four year old cat who's getting a little anxious because she doesn't have anyone to play with so we got her a playmate. But uh, we haven't introduced them yet. But we were looking for a geeky kind of name, something sci-fi, fantasy, you know, something to reflect our shared interests. Uh, the name that Nathan suggested that I jumped on was uh, Sarah Jane. So Aww. the Doctor Who fan contingency wins this one. Nice. Very nice. I do have a neighbor, the one that I had suggested to you. <laughs> one of my neighbors has a cat named Jedzia, which I just think is just a perfect name That's for a cat wonderful. when I heard it. They that. must have to spell that out at every vet that they take her to. Oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. Which they wouldn't have to spell that for me. I knew instantly how to spell it. But that's like, what a great way to meet some of your neighbors. Like, oh, you know, because we were actually, the fire alarm had gone off here at midnight one night. There was no fire. I think somebody had been cooking something and the steam set it off. But that sucker is loud. So the whole apartment complex is all hanging out outside. I got to meet a lot of my neighbors and some people brought their cats. I said, what's your cat's name? They said, Jedzia. I'm like, you're a Star Trek fan. Yay. <laughs> it's like nerd advertising. That's awesome. Yes, I have a friend who has a cat named Castiel. Oh, good plan. Very nice. Yeah, I approve of that one. That's a good yeah. one. I got a lot of good suggestions for uh, cat names. I mean, some of the simple ones like, you know, Data's cat Spot you know, or oh, yes. Jones from Alien. That was yes, another one. Yes, that was another one. And my friend Jordan from Orchestra, he has a cat named Shoshi, which is apparently, I believe, if I remember right, it's sort of a shortening of a Jewish word that means Rose because he's a Doctor Who fan. So, uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, one of my friends uh, sent me a link to an article that was a suggestion of sci-fi or geeky related names for your pets. And Nathan and I were both rather happy to see that number five on the list was Starbuck, which is the name of our cat, our yes. female cat. And the article specifically mentioned that Starbuck is now a good name for a male or a female cat just because the character has been played by both. Exactly. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. 
Other than that, make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the goings on and things that are happening. And me and Drew have been talking later. There's been like a planned revamp of the site in the works for, God, a couple years now. But, you know, life happens. And he has two children under the age of four. So that tends to take up a lot of your time. But we're really, really hoping to like put a new look on it at some point and organize things and just make it a better site altogether. So keep an eye out for that. God only knows when. I'm like, don't don't look for it tomorrow, you know, maybe maybe next year sometime. You know, the way these things go might take a while. But yeah, keep an it eye might, out for it. It might there. happen within a generation. You never know. Absolutely. It's going to happen eventually, yes. When? No idea. But you know. <laughs> but we've got an episode of Alice Isn't Dead coming up, one of the last few ones of part one. So we will see everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. You know, he knows that sorry, one second. My thing fell over. <laughs>